Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Forrest. And this is The Crosscut, a podcast that contextualizes the news of the day with the story, themes, and motifs of a treasured or trash piece of cinema. Only this time, we change things up a little bit. That's right. Uh, we are doing a very special summer mini series, and the reason for that is twofold. Number one, uh, we don't get a lot of, uh, get to watch a lot of new movies on this podcast. We're typically watching like, you know, ones that fit with the news, which means sometimes we go back into history and pull things out of the 70s, 80s, 90s um, a lot of times. So this gives us an opportunity to watch some new films. Um, and the other reason is because doing all that research for the news and the films from the past is daunting. And we have other things to do <laughs> specifically my dear taking care of a baby taking care of a baby and you are working on your portfolio um starting to get back into the working world when our right. now nine month old is going to go back to or going to start going to daycare um and jesse's going to get back to work so we are uh prepping for that and taking a little less time on the podcast however uh because of that we wanted to shift the tone just make it a little bit um, more useful for people looking for things to watch uh, rather than trying to understand the news. So we will get back to our original uh, format at the end of the summer. Um, but for now, we're just going to let you know what's good to watch. That's right. Just like uh, in a lot of workplaces where they have summer Fridays, we are taking it a little bit easier this summer as well. Um, but that being said, because we are watching a lot of movies that are brand new um, and have just come out on streaming services. And and I believe that are going to be all premiering exclusively on streaming services. What we're hoping to do is maybe give you, the listener, a little bit of a hint of like what you could be watching if it so interests you. So we're going to yeah. be trying to keep spoilers out of this as much as possible. Yeah. The other thing we're going to do is we're not going to talk trash about the movies, right? So, I mean, even though we may cover some that are pretty terrible, uh, we're going to try and figure out ways to talk about them positively to say, if you like this kind of thing, right. you will like this movie. Right. Not so much like, is the movie good or bad? We will do our recommendations at the end. Sure. But, um, you know, it's it's mostly based off our preference. What we'll try and do in the interim is, why would you like this movie? What are the things that are good about it that will hit with an audience? So That's you right. can determine whether it's right for you or not. That's right. We're keeping it positive. It's a public service announcement. <laughs> public service podcast That's right. uh so with that in mind today these are the four reasons you should watch the movie the princess so i'll take the first of the four reasons to watch the princess the one that stuck out to me the most as we were going through it is it very much felt like a video game. So I'm going to say the structure sure, of yep. the film yep. is is very interesting and definitely uh, a good reason to watch. It felt like, uh, and this is coming from a person who does not play video games, and the last time I did play video games was when they were 32-bit. Okay, Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis, yeah. yep, that's right. Um but it feels like you're moving through a world, a very contained world that you have to, in which you have to beat a boss and yeah. successively harder bosses. Um, you're you're just sort of thrown directly into this world. You sort of come on, come up, come on board yeah. or online, and you immediately are fighting your way yeah. through these various different henchmen, leading your way up. To the big boss. That's right. Basically, the first part of this movie, she wakes up in the top of a tall tower in a castle, uh, has 
some memories of being drugged and then two bad guys come in and that's like your tutorial. It's your tutorial for how this is going to work, right? She's going to figure out ways to punch, kick, and stab people until she beats them and get progressively better weapons and move further along until she gets to the final boss. That's, that's right. That's right. Now, there again, there aren't many um, spoilers necessarily for this film. This yeah. film is not the kind of movie. You already know what's going to happen. <laughs> Right. You're along for the ride. Um, this is not the kind of movie like M. Night Shyamalan or something like that, right. where there's a huge twist. I don't yeah. know if it's a spoiler to say there is no spoiler, but it's yeah. pretty straightforward as movies go, as action films yeah. go. But the way that it she progresses through this world does feel very much like a, a fighter video game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there are a couple other movies that have the same structure. Um, I would argue that our executed a little more completely. Mm. Um, one is the first one that sort of comes to mind is the raid. It is similar in that, it, although reversed, right? Mm-hmm. So w- instead of having to, and actually the full title is the raid redemption. Um, but basically you are trying to get through the building from the police's side. So they're outside the building and the big bad guy is at the top of the building. And so they have to go through the building to catch the big bad guy. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite, right? Princess trapped in the top of a tall tower has to fight her way out to the outside. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, very similar structure. It also reminds me of a movie uh, that was basically stole the premise of the raid, which is Dread starring Carl Urban, which is interesting because the bad guy in this movie reminds me of like dime store Carl Urban. (laughs) I don't know who Carl Urban is. He plays the dude with the beard and the dark hair in The Boys. Um, but okay. The Butcher. You remember The Butcher? No. We, we haven't watched it in a while. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, this guy is in a bunch of other stuff. He played... Oh, yeah. Okay. He played Tony is. Stark in, like, uh, Agent Carter on the, the um, TV show version of, uh, you know, the Marvel Universe. And he's also been in a couple other things. He's he's a good actor and he's well-known. He plays a good bad guy in this. He played Tony Stark. He played... Uh, not Tony Stark. Sorry. Tony Stark's dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I was like, they're really just going for any guy with a goatee. That's right. Yeah. No, he played the the dad um, in uh, the the Agent MCU. Carter. Yeah, Agent yeah. Carter. And so Howard Stark. That's right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you know, in uh, in that regard, he's he's a fine actor. Plays a good villain here. A lot of the other actors are pretty forgettable, but that's fine. We'll talk about a couple that uh, were good in just a second. And well, that, one more film yeah. that this reminded me of, or that has a similar sort of video game structure, which I think is based off of comic books and yeah. video games, is supposed to, is Scott Pilgrim. I, was, I thought you were going to say that. I, I think Scott Pilgrim's a little different, although I do agree. So so the thing about the raid and about Dread mm-hmm. is that they're in one singular building. Gotcha. Scott Pilgrim is definitely advancing between the seven evil X's. Right. Um, and so there is that linear structure there. Right. This is like... We're in a tower. We're in just a castle, right? right? And this was filmed in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria, I believe. And so it looks like the towers are, you know, they use some of the actual, you know, castles of Europe and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the visuals here leave something to be desired, which I guess kind of is comparable to a video game. A lot of the scenery (laughs) and the castles are like, oh, this is just CG. It's like a cutscene from a Final Fantasy game. Uh, And then there's one point where some guy gets lit on fire and it just looks awful. It looks like it was rendered on an N64, but it's fine. What would you say the budget was? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems... Probably like six. Yeah, it it, it seems pretty... Like, like they don't have a lot of money necessarily for yeah. um, big special effects. But um, I think that, 
you know, they make up for it in other places. Yeah. And it's, it's all fine. Like you don't really pay attention that much. Like I think what they made up for the special effects with is, uh, well, let's get into, to my reason to watch Mm -hmm. the fight choreography. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think that a lot of what they did with the fight stuff in here was really interesting because, uh, it is, so the, the director, this guy, uh, Levan Kiet, um, he is a Vietnamese director, um, who has done a bunch of other stuff in Vietnam. Uh, one of which was this movie called Fury. And so Fury was a martial arts crime thriller and was actually selected as, uh, Viet- as the Vietnamese entry for the best international feature film in the 1992 Academy Awards. Um, this movie came out in 2019. So mm-hmm. that's the year. Um, and it actually broke records for the highest grossing Vietnamese film in history. So the guy's an accomplished director and good at directing action. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the fight scenes are really well done. They're inventive. Um, the camera moves really well with the fighting. And this is something that you'd actually, um, is very clearly a takeaway from modern, like Asian fight cinema. So right. Thai, Vietnamese, uh, that like sort of Southeast Asian fight cinema, mm-hmm. um, popularized initially by like Tony Jaa. So what will happen is they throw a punch and the camera moves with the punch. And as it makes impact, the camera like bounces a little bit backwards mm-hmm. from the direction it came. So it seems like, bam, there's like a really pow- powerful impact, right? Right. There's a scene early on in that initial fight scene we talked about where Joey King is on her back and she grab on the floor and she grabs something she stabbed somebody with and like pulls herself up and mm-hmm. the camera goes from being on its side right up with her mm-hmm. into the fight. And so it's like really dynamic, dynamic, very cool camera movements and stuff like that, that correspond with the action that's going on on screen. So the fight scenes are great. They're really, really well done. Um, incredibly like well choreographed. Um, the one, and actually if you go to Joey King's uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. she posts some behind the scenes stuff of her practicing all of the choreography so while I think there are some places um, where the film, you know, maybe stutters a little bit in the fight scenes where maybe you'll see her like, um, like put her hand out before somebody's striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't see that as much when the person making the film is the fight choreographer. So Tony Ja or Jackie Chan back in the day, or even Bruce Lee, when they choreograph the stuff, they have the combination of the choreography and the acting ability mm-hmm. to like make sure they're not getting out in front of the punches with their blocks or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Chan always looks like he's surprised. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, I think there's there's something to be said about um, the performance, but the overall action is engrossing and interesting. Um, I, I think I wrote down maybe 20 minutes in the movie when they started giving some backstory about why this was all happening. I was like, less talking, more fighting. <laughs> I was like, I need you to speak less. Right. I th- I know that this isn't one of the ones that we're talking about, but I did really love the idea that you have somebody who is not European yeah. doing a genre, uh, like a very European genre, which is just yes. like these period sort of princess uh, pieces, because it, it's, it's such a different, uh, lens yeah. that you get to see this sort of Game of Thrones, whatever type world yep. where um, it almost reminds me of like spaghetti westerns. Yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah, I think that's one of the things I'll mention later on is my re- my like second reason to watch it. Oh, oops. Um, no, no, it's it's related to that. Yeah. It's not that specifically. Um, so just a quick shout out to this guy, Kefi Abrik, 
who is the um, fight coordinator for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also the fight choreographer for Fury, the one that, that was uh, previously mentioned. So, you know, really strong stuff. It means that I'm going to have to go watch Fury now. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's a, that's a cool little reason to watch this movie. If you like um, the, the conceit that you talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The video game style in a single building. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for a movie that has some good fight scenes and good action scenes. Like this is, this is definitely there fills is those buttons. There are those buckets. Non-stop yeah. fighting. Yeah, that's right. Non-stop fighting throughout this entire thing. Um, and no, I mean, I, I really loved it a lot. And, and also shout out to just like Vietnamese filmmakers yeah. and actors in in this which you don't necessarily see a lot and you don't even really think about i think as you're going through i know that you had told me at the beginning of the film yeah. until you sort of start to see the origins of the fighting um yeah. as you move through the world right right and that actually brings me to my second uh-huh. reason our, our third our third, overall, our third yeah. overall reason for watching this which is the actress veronica no who is a Vietnamese actress. Um, and she plays the character Lin, who is the trainer of the princess growing oh, okay. up. Yep. So she's the person who um, is responsible for why this princess is able to sort of fight her way out of this tower in the first place and sort of that backstory. Yeah. And she is also fantastic. And I guess she has she um she's been in a couple of other things. She was in the the Five Bloods. Uh, she was in Fury. She was in Fury, right. Also, um, she was in Star Wars Episode Eight. Okay, right on. So she was in Last Jedi? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, who'd she play? She played Paige Tico. Oh, uh, that was Rose's sister who dies at the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's the one who holds on to the thing and, like, drops it, and then it, um, exp- or something. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, she's, like, lying. She got blasted and, like, is lying there. Oh, oh, she uses, like, her mind force powers to, like, pull the the bomb trigger down and mm-hmm. it, like, falls past her. But then she reaches out and grabs it dramatically and pushes mm. the button and the bombs fall and boom. I need to rewatch this. Okay. Yeah, um, she's at the beginning, so you don't have to rewatch all of it. <laughs> she's also in The Old Guard. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. Is she one of the, like, the homies? Uh, She's someone named Quinn. <laughs> okay. But um, That's I That's a movie to rewatch also. I need That's to rewatch one. that yeah. also. Yeah. But, um, but she's been in a lot of really big things and I thought she was fantastic in this she was really good in this Um, it was just nice to see so many strong women who were actually fighting and that was something that you just you don't see that often it's i mean there's three of them right you know yeah there's not a heavy cast in this film uh, but the the main all of almost every single protagonist is a woman with the exception of the king who kind of sucks anyway but Right, but but all of the uh, there you just don't often see yeah. women, especially in a piece like this, and especially a woman of color, yeah. um, who are just like badass fighters. Right. So just really, really fun, nice to see, and she does a fantastic job. Yeah, I had a moment very briefly early on uh, where I was like, "Why would there be Vietnamese people in Europe in the Middle Ages?" And then I said, "Don't care." Doesn't matter <laughs> that this movie is uh, just uh, off the off to the races. Like you don't have to think about any of the practicalities of any of this stuff. Yeah, I think though, what I you know, I would be interested in talking to like a historian or hearing about that though, yeah. because I feel like we have whitewashed a lot of history sure, in like Middle Ages. There certainly were people who traveled. There certainly were right. people, non-white people, yeah. in Europe, and so maybe it's not that. Maybe yeah. it's not that surprising at all. Possibly true. Yeah. Uh, so just really quickly, here's the um, the synopsis of that movie Fury. Okay. 
It's uh, an ex-gangster who is lying low in the countryside after becoming a mother uh, can't escape her violent past when her daughter is kidnapped. That sounds like a good movie. I'd watch that. Yeah. It's like a, like Taken. Basically. But with a woman. Yeah. She has a very specific set of skills. Yes, that's right. Uh, and then one of those sets of skills is probably murdering a bunch of people. <laughs> if this movie is any indication. Right. Um, yeah. So she is, uh, she's really great. The one thing that I think was, uh, to, to the point of realism or whatever mm-hmm. is people get stabbed a lot in this movie Yeah, <laughs> and get stabbed like in the stomach or the side. And then like it hurts them in that moment. Right. But then as long as they survived that level, you know, in the video game almost, Mm -hmm. they continue on and it's like it never happened. Right. Whereas like in the real Middle Ages, like there was a point where Joey King's character gets cut on the arm and you're like, oh, well, they're going to amputate that arm. (laughs) It's like it's it's not a big cut, but it's going to get infected. Bring out the leeches. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely um, there's definitely poop on the sword just because there's poop on everything yeah. because it's the middle ages Yeah, there's a point where she has to go down into the sewers and it looks like it's like a water slide like all this clean water running down there and we were like no that would just be chunky poop the whole, the way whole down. thing would just be poop yeah um but but that's that's fine doesn't matter yeah the, that's the the most difficult thing to believe is that they don't all just die of dysentery that at the correct. end of this yep uh, <laughs> well, we don't get that far out of the end of it, right? Uh, sure. So it Just ends very abruptly. Two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that uh, that leads pretty nicely into my second uh, reason to watch this. And, and final? And the final final one. Uh, so I think that Joey King mm-hmm. does a really good job as the lead in this film. And it is interesting casting. And okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Let's hear it. One of the things that I took away from seeing her cast in this role initially was I was like, there is no, she does not fit into a medieval world of being like a stuffy sort of princess, uh, in like a quote unquote, like Jane Austen style or, um, Bronte style story about a princess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I saw the title title card, when we first saw it on Hulu, Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, this seems bad let me see let me just check it out it it promoted and provoked some like thought on my side of like how are they going to have this basically child actor who was born in los angeles Mm -hmm. you know carry like a thing that probably should belong to like kira knightley 10 years ago Mm -hmm. um and then once we started watching it i was like oh this is an action movie and it's supposed to be like very stylized and like heightened in in every way i'm like oh well then she's perfect because her face is a cartoon They love, this director loves close-ups of her face. Yeah, and she's got, like, she can do, like, the panting, breathing stuff and, like, look really exhausted and then turn that into, like, anger and, like, attacking or whatever. She gets, like, one nice moment in close-up where she gets to, like, yell at the bad guy and tell him that she's going to pull out his still-beating heart. Like, you know, stuff like that. She gets to chew a lot of the scenery in this yeah, I mean, to your point about her being a cartoon, her eyes are huge. Yeah. They had a very cool, like, strategically placed cut on her lip that is somehow very, like, fashionable yeah. looking yeah. in a way. Um, but they, she she does a very good job holding the camera on her face and, like, just emoting everything. Yep, yep. So for those who don't know, Joy King is 
in a bunch of different movies. She was, I think, first came to my attention in that Zach Braff movie, mm-hmm. I Wish I Was Here, mm-hmm. uh, only because we distributed that through VHX. She's also been in uh, the Independence Day, like, revamp or, or sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in, like, some uh, Fargo TV shows. She was in The Flash. She's been in a bunch of other, like, smaller movies. She was in The Kissing Booth, I think was her, like, her big one, um, sort of big biggest breakout. Uh, then she was in the Slender Man movie, which is apparently was a thing. Um, and and most recently, so there's this, um, there's the Kissing Booth trilogy. And then uh, coming out later this year, she's in that Brad Pitt movie where he's on a bullet train. Uh, no. The one that's called Bullet Train. <laughs> nope, yeah. don't know that. So she's in that movie, probably also doing some fight choreography work. Um, so it seems like she's got uh, quite a bit of like, you know, interesting stuff going on in her career right now. She seems to be a, a go-to actress of that age. So I feel like there's like a dearth of young up and coming actors and actresses that mm-hmm. are, are like that are like trained in acting. I feel like we're getting maybe like a lot of YouTube stars in movies and stuff like that. <laughs> and this and she's actually like a good actress. So sure. Um, so I, I enjoyed her in the film uh, and it helped again. Tell me what style of film this was going to be. Right. I mean, I think that when we first sat down, when we first sat down to watch this it made me think, okay, so the director is saying, what if Arya Stark were dressed like Sansa yeah. and fought her way out of a castle? Yeah, that's right. She's okay. like the the badass Arya Stark, but she's like in a dress. And, and I think that if girls, women watch this, there will be a lot of cosplay um, at Comic-Cons. I think that there will be a lot of people dressed up like her because her yeah. outfit is very cool. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah, she yeah. has the like wedding gown or whatever that she like tears and rips and destroys and yeah. like the cool boots and like ends up it having puts this, on like the armor. Yeah. yeah, ends up having this sort of um th- this sort of like warrior's outfit that's overlaid on top of a ripped up wedding dress, you yep. know, costume yep. that looks very specific to this movie yep. and I think that a lot of girls would love to be for Halloween. I could see that happening. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the other interesting thing about this is like similar, maybe to dread or to the raid redemption. This is a movie that I don't think would have done very well in theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we'll have legs as like people, you know, get like five or six years down the road and like, Oh, you know what movie I just like stumbled on. It was actually kind of cool. It's like this movie has some really great fighting in it and stuff like right, that. Right, right. And so it's not going to ever be like a thing that's, you know, blowing off the doors of the box office because it's never going to get a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But be, being on streaming and having people be able to watch it, um, you know, and just kind of have fun with it, I think is the right right way to go. It might get a little bit of talk um, as it moves on. Right. Or if it were a world like, you know, 1999 or whatever, before yeah. we had streaming services, it would have been released. It would probably have been buried or not really like very well promoted. Right. And it would have quote unquote bombed yeah. at the box office. And then when it came out on DVD, it would have had a little bit of push. People would have seen it. And right. Like, oh, and then maybe cool. have a cult following down yeah, the road. That's I right. think that that's, I think that that would be like a, you know, like a tank girl kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like uh, Equilibrium, that movie with uh, Christian Bale. Oh, that was a bad movie. It though. was a bad movie, but it, it did have a cult following. People were like, oh, it's kind of like The Matrix. I mean, it's not, but... the Equilibrium had the misfortune of coming out the same year as The Matrix yeah. and being a much worse version of it. Yeah. Because it just didn't have the innovation of bullet time or the, the Wachowski. But it had gun foo or uh, something. Gun kata? I don't remember, but it was dumb. I just remember he cut off a dude's face in that movie and that was kind of cool. Yeah. 
I don't know. It was not good. <laughs> it was it was not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that this one, like, just put a pin in it in like five years. <laughs> we'll look up this movie again and see if we'll people see are like, oh, this is actually good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the quick summary, you know, it's I think at a 5.5 on IMDb. Um, it's not gotten a like a great set of reviews so far, but I think it's divided almost evenly around that. So some people are like, oh, it's a three. And some people are like, oh, it's a seven. The people who are like, it's a seven are like, take it for what it is. There's some good action. There's some fun moments. It's an easy thing to watch. I enjoyed it. And the people who are like at a three or four are men are like, there's no plot. I'm like, there is. It's just very simple. It is a very simple it is. plot. She's stuck in tower. Get out of tower. <laughs> That's it. That's right. plot. And so, you know, it's it's a, a scaffolding on which you can hang some really good fight scenes. Um, there's right. not a ton else in terms of characterization or plot, um, but there's a bit, there's a little bit of flashback. There's a little bit of dealing with the family. I thought those were the more boring parts, but you know, for the most part, they're, they're, they're there to hold the movie together. Right. I mean, it's, it is a fun summer movie where you get to showcase a lot of fighting and some badass women and, and see an interesting take on, um, a world that has been done a million times. Yeah. Um, so what would your, uh, let's do like on a scale of one to five stars, I guess, or zero to five stars. Uh, where do you, where do you put it? Oh, zero to five stars. Well, okay. But am I using my scale that I use for, uh, what's the name of the app? Letter- Letterboxd? Am I, am I using my scale that I use for Letterboxd? Yeah. Okay. Um, my scale for letterbox is low though, just as a prelude to this, because okay. I, I don't, I just generally, I want to give myself more room. Sure. Yeah. So like we sort of default it to being like, yeah, you should watch it. You could watch that. Yeah. Um, two is not bad. Two is, is neutral. Oh, two is neutral. Okay. For me, two and a half is neutral, but okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, I would say three, you know, okay. I, I, I like it. I would say, I, I would say it's, it's worth a watch for all the reasons that we talked about. Um, it, it gets a little bit repetitive, yeah. you know, in the, in the middle of the movie, because you do just like have a lot of fighting. Um, but at the same time, everybody does a, does a good job yeah. with their roles. Um, and yeah, it is, it, if you take it for what it's worth, you know, I agree with those people who give it a seven, yeah. which is, um, it is, it is fun for what it is. Yeah. I would agree. I will say there are some like Robin Hood men in tights style gags in this. Sometimes okay. there's a point where she like pulls off a necklace. That's got a bunch of pearls in it or something. Right. She like chucks them down the stairs and like everyone just falls over like, Whoa, the very home alone. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that was very funny. Um, you know, there's other silly stuff that happens. So, uh, it's goofy. Don't take it seriously, but I think three stars is right. So my scale is like, if it's a two and a half, that's literally like a coin flip. I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of two and a halves. Mm-hmm. A two is like, I do not think you should watch this. A three is like, I think this could work for some people. So this is a three. I think if you're, if you like fighting, if you like action, if you want to be in and out of a movie in 94 minutes, uh, then yeah, go for it. This is, this is a fun one. Yeah. The time is also a nice one because it's, it's not sitting there it, it knows what it's doing. It knows what it is in terms yeah. of time and it's not going to make you sit through, you know, two hours. It would be a terrible movie if it were two hours. That's right. Yeah. They would put in 20 minutes of like people crying at the camera or something. I don't know, but right. yeah. So the, I, I say, I think we both uh, give it a mild recommendation for people who like movies that don't require you to think and enjoy action. And uh, well, yeah, I mean like a, a, a 
strong recommendation for people who just like action and yeah. like seeing action done in a new fun way. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Um, I also now just also just to, I would recommend Fury <laughs> just based <laughs> off of literally one <laughs> sentence description and knowing the actress is good. Uh, that seems like a ball movie as well. So, you know, uh, welcome to a new director whose oeuvre you can look into if you're interested in Vietnamese cinema. Absolutely. And that will do it for us today. Those are our four reasons why you should watch the Hulu original, The Princess. That's right. Uh, So thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully this was a nice short summer episode for you. Like we said, we're going to be doing this summer streaming series where we are talking about movies that are premiering on various streaming services throughout the summer. Um, And so tune in for that. If you are just looking for new things to watch and you want to know what it's about before you, before you actually click watch on your TV. And we're trying to keep these 30 minutes or less. And the other thing I can promise is coming up. Uh There's a new Guy Ritchie movie. That's also set in medieval Europe. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So we'll do that one too. What one is that? It's some King Arthur nonsense. It's going to be awful. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll steal myself for that. Okay. Um, in the meanwhile, uh, if you could take a moment, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us wherever get, wherever you get your podcast. Please rate, please review. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at the Crosscut, and Instagram we are at the Crosscut Pod. Yay! We did it, everybody. Have a wonderful uh, middle of your summer. Yep. Bye. Bye.